Praise the Lord, church. This isn't any part of my message, but if you if you don't understand, or if you're new to this church and, and you don't understand what you just witnessed or are confused about what you just witnessed in this place during worship, that's what's happening in heaven right now. There's rejoicing, there's praise, there's dancing, there's running, there's singing. We might as well do it right now. That's where we're going to be anyway. You don't have to worry about what anyone sees. You worry about your praise, your worship, your adoration. We are going to get in heaven one day, and that's what we're going to be doing. So we might as well get it out right now. Hallelujah. What an amazing feeling we have in the Lord's house today. Amen, amen. I give honor to our pastor today. I don't, I don't take this opportunity lightly. Um, I do want to thank everybody. I was in the hospital last Sunday evening with a little little scare, but you know, by the grace of God, everything is everything is okay. Um, so thank you for for your prayers. And I do, I believe God has a word for somebody here today. And and I actually have two messages in one today, if that's okay. Um, you know, I, I on Tuesday night. Uh, at Mexican, I was talking with the pastor, and I was telling him a little bit about my topic and and what I was working on, and and then the Lord gave me something else. So I didn't want God to make a liar out of me, so I figured I would I would combine them both, <laughs> if that's okay with you. We're 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 having fun. We're gonna have some fun in the house of the Lord today. It's okay to have fun in the house of the Lord. So so will you help me preach today? Will you help me preach? We're going to go, I'm going to start with part one here, and then, and then I'll let you sit down, and, and we'll get to part two in a minute. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, and we're just going to read verse one, one verse here, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse one. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, the words will be provided on the board for you. Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse one. It says, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. My first topic here, church, is answer the call. Answer the call. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your mighty presence. We thank you for being omnipresent and with us wherever we are, Lord. Lord, I pray today as we open your word, Lord, I pray that you be, let me be a vessel for your word, for what your people want to hear today, Lord God. Open their hearts, open their minds, Lord, to hear your voice and speak a word into their minds and in their hearts today, Lord. God, we love you, and we praise you. We give you all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated today. I got to tell you, something that happened last Sunday is, is, is what the Lord put on my heart to talk about, and, and is why I got this topic, and, and I got permission to use this before before I did it, but um, I was downstairs in junior church last week uh, when pastor was was preaching, but as I came up the stairs and I en- entered the sanctuary, 
I could feel the powerful atmosphere that was in this place. You know, uh, Sister Kaylee was was being obedient and leading the charge, and I saw her running around this church, and and I was standing right there in the back holding Millie um, while while everybody was marching around this church and in faith and in praise, and, and and I saw Brody sitting in the back by himself, and, and, and at one point Isaiah had had come up and stood next to him, but I felt the Lord telling me, "Go get him." Go get him. And, and I said, God, I, I got Millie. She, she's fussy. Uh, you know, Brody's standing there with Isaiah. Like, it's, it's, it's not the time. And he said, go get him. He said, go get him. So finally, I did. I went and I grabbed Brody and, and, and I prayed with him as we walked around the church. And, and at the end, Sister Lucinda came up to me and said, thank you for doing that. She said, thank you for doing that. She said, God told me that if I walk around this room one more time, your son is going to walk. Your son is going to walk. Church, we serve an awesome God today. The Lord wants to use you, but you need to hearken diligently today. You need to answer the call. If either one of us was not obedient to God's call, if I didn't go get Brody, if she didn't walk one more time around this church, if you're not obedient, the moment would have been missed. That moment would have been missed. And you, you might think, you know, God's too busy using someone else. You might think God's, God's using someone else. Brother Chris, you're, you're on the pulpit. God's using you right now, not me. But, but Sister Lucinda sits faithfully in this church, you know, maybe not behind the pulpit, but being faithful and obedient to God is what caused the Lord to move on her son's life last week. We don't serve a single-minded God today. We don't serve a single-minded God. He's calling each and every one of you. You just have to answer that call. You have to step out in faith like so many of you did during worship today. You got to step out in faith God has called you. This, this scripture goes on to say that if you answer God's call, you will be blessed in many different ways. How many want to be blessed today? How many want to be blessed today? If, if you don't feel God calling you, then it's time that you get God on speed dial and call unto him because you're missing it. You're missing it. Don't miss your opportunity to answer God's call. Be obedient and you're going to change someone's life through God. You're going to change someone's life. Now that, that was, that was just part one. That was a little quick thing that last week, you know, is I really wanted to talk about, but uh, I'm going to switch gears here and, and move into my second topic. Now, this is where we get into the meat and potatoes of, of my message today. We're going to go to the book of Mark chapter two. We're going to start in verse one and, and read through verse 12. The book of Mark Chapter 2, verse 1, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture, one that I'm sure we've all, we've all heard taught and preached, um, but, it, but it's a passage that I love, so you're going to have to hear it again. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together, 
insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they lay down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. What did their faith have to do with his sins? What did their faith have to do with his sins? Is it, is it possible that your life affects more than your life? We, we just talked about what answering the call does. Is it possible that your example affects more than your existence? Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and, and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within them, Selves, he said unto them, because Jesus is so amazing, he's so amazing that he wins in an imaginary argument. He responds not to what they said, but to what they thought, that they didn't get the chance to say. So he knows your intentions. You can't fool God. He knows your motivations and your thoughts. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the son of man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. And and verse 2 is is really where my message hinges today. This is really where I want to hang my hat today. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. He preached the word unto them. There, there, there's no room at this door. You can't get through. There's no room. But I want somebody to shout today, I got good news. I got good news today. Open the other door. You can open the other door. That, that's my second topic today. Open the other door. You might seem locked out of one door today, church. Your life might seem like it's going one way, but I got good news. You can open the other door. You may be seated today, church. Open the other door. So, so let's, let's look at the groundwork of, of this scripture. Life's biggest opportunities aren't always obvious. 
life's biggest opportunities aren't always obvious. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. Opportunities aren't always obvious. I didn't know what I was getting when I met a stranger on an online dating website. <laughs> it's, it's not always obvious. Come on, I told you we're going to have some fun today. It's okay. <laughs> but, but this is scriptural. Life's greatest opportunities... Moses, for example, God called him to deliver an entire nation, and Moses asks what God will give him as a sign, and God says, that rod in your hand, the rod that you use for shepherding, that to you seems common, I'm going to use it for your calling. So God wraps calling in common. God Raps calling in common. Come on, think, think about it. Some, uh, Gideon was called to be a mighty warrior while he was hiding in a wine press. Why would God put such a mighty calling in such a wimpy person? Because sometimes God uses common for calling. God uses earthly vessels to release something that he wants to get out. I'm preaching to someone today, church, today who has been deceived about your destiny. You've been deceived about your destiny. You thought God was going to show up in your situation looking like Superman, but instead he showed up like a mustard seed. The seed doesn't look like the tree. It shares the genetic code of the tree, but according to the exterior, there's nothing to associate the seed with the tree. And, and, And might it be that what God is doing in your life right now is not obvious but that, but that doesn't mean that there's no opportunity. God says, when I open a door, no man can shut it. And when I decide to do something through your life, no person, no season, no human limitation can stop you. Did you know, did you know that David's greatest wisdom was born after his greatest mistake? David's greatest wisdom was born after his greatest mistake. When David made his biggest mistake with Bathsheba, that baby died. The next one he had named Solomon was the wisest man in the world at that time. David's greatest wisdom came after his greatest mistake. So so God uses opportunities that are not always obvious. Now getting back to the text here, Jesus is is teaching one day, and, and this crowd is so large that there isn't even a way to the door. There isn't even a way to the front door. And there were, there were four men who brought their friend, and, and they couldn't get in because of the crowd. They couldn't get in the front door because of the crowd. You know, they, they had high hopes of getting in. You, you could even say their hopes were through the roof. Thanks. I was working on that one until 1.30 in the morning, so I appreciate the laugh. <laughs> their, their hopes were through the roof, but, but they, they couldn't get through the door. And, and I want to show you four doors that are in this passage and, and in our lives that are not obvious. There's four doors in this passage that, that are not always obvious. So they come to the front door, and they can't get in. This, this represents the door of disappointment. 
the door of disappointment. How disappointing must these men have have been after carrying their friend all this way just to find that they couldn't even get to the front door. They were met with the door of disappointment, and if they had responded the way that many of us would respond today and the way that many of us do, they would have turned around and gone home because obviously it's not God's will for our friend to get healed today. If it were God's will for our friend to get healed today, we would have gotten in that door. But, but these guys, <laughs> these guys said, we did not carry you all this way with your heavy self to turn around and go home now. These guys, how do, how do I say this nicely? I don't want to get too offensive, but the, these, these boys didn't drive a Prius. These guys didn't accept participation trophies. They're, they're met at the door with disappointment, not to mention the paralyzed man's disappointment. He's, he's learned to deal with disappointment his whole life. His whole life has been a disappointment. He can't walk. He can't run. He can't dance. He can't jump to praise God. But they've come this far, and they didn't want to go home at this point. And about this time, they're coming up with a plan. They're coming up with a plan. And, and I can picture the man on the bed saying, you want to do what? You, what, do you, what do you want to do? Because he can't really do anything about it, right? So, so you want to do what? So, so they know they can't get in. They can't get in. But what if we went up? What, what if we went up? Sometimes you have to change levels. You have to change levels. Sometimes the reason you can't get in that door that you're trying to get through is because God is calling you higher. God is calling you to go higher. Come on, I'm preaching to someone today. Sometimes the reason you got rejected is because it was the wrong level of relationship. And if those people liked you, it would have actually limited you. Come on, somebody. Someone shout, go higher today. Go higher today. God is calling you higher today. God is calling you to go higher today. Change your level today. If you can't get in that door, go higher. So, so they go up, and, and they don't find a door. They make a door. They don't find a door. They make a door. Have you ever had to make a door in your life? Have you ever had to make your own door? Sometimes you got to dig a little. you got to get your hands dirty. You know, one of, one of the greatest things that could potentially happen in your life is to be turned away at the front door. Because you'll discover another door. You'll discover another door. And, and you got to open the other door. This is, this is not the normal door. This door is not for normal people. This door is not for people that want to quit because the Wi-Fi is a little slow or skip church because it was 95 degrees in there. No, this is for the people who were determined. This is for the people who are determined. And throughout Mark's gospel, he, he clearly dictates that, that faith is action. Faith, faith is something that's action. There has to be something evident in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, so it's something that 
you can see in response to something that you can't see. It's something that you can see in response to something that you can't see. There's a message for one of our preachers out there if you need help with your next message. You can, you can take that one. Open the door. Verse 5 says, when Jesus saw their faith, not heard their faith, saw their faith. He saw how much they trusted him. They did not turn around and go home. Church, you got to find another way. You got to find another way. You got to find your four. You got to find your four. You got to find your four and put Jesus at the center and open the other door. These guys said, we ain't going home. He's heavy. I'm not turning around. He's heavy. No, sir, we're going to put him up on that roof, and we're going to dig through that mud, and we're going to make a door. We're going to make a door. I'm going to get through to my child one way or another. I'm going to get through to my child. I'm, I'm going to find a way to get through. I might have to shut up. I might have to speak up. I might have to hug them. I might have to hit I might have to try to find a different way. Um, but, but now we come to the door on the roof. Open the other door. It doesn't look like a door, but you got to make it. you got to dig through it. You have, to, you have to have faith. And Jesus likes their work here. Jesus loves their work here. He, he's preaching. He's preaching, and, and there's a distraction. He's not healing today. He's just preaching. And, and like we said, some of, some of life's greatest opportunities are not always obvious, and, and he's preaching, and you know, he, he's, he's doing a really good job preaching. Uh, I use context clues in there. He, he is the word, so if, if, he, if he preaches what he is, it's probably pretty good. So, you got a big crowd going, and, and, and you really have to study scripture. I can't stress that enough. You really have to study scripture. If you study scripture, it's an amazing thing, and history along with it, and if you study you'll know that Peter was, was an influence on Mark's gospel. It, and, and this is the account we're reading from. And, but if you look at, at Matthew's account of this event, guess what he leaves out? Guess what Matthew's account leaves out? He leaves out the roof. <laughs> he, he, he leaves the roof out of his account. And, and, and he, he leaves the roof being ripped out, ripped off, and, and now scholars believe that this house that they were gathering in was Peter's house. That, that's what scholars believe, that this was, this was Peter's house. So it would make sense that Mark's account made sure to include the roof in it. Mark's, uh, Peter's going to be pretty upset that his roof's being ripped off, so he's going to make sure to include that uh, in this text. The scriptures are amazing. You, you just got to study them. And, and Jesus is is preaching, and, and the mud starts falling from the ceiling. Are you willing to get your hands dirty for Jesus? Are you willing to get your hands dirty for Jesus today? Come on, somebody. Or, or are, you, are you too worried about your manicure to get your miracle? Don't, don't steal that one from me. That's mine. Manicures are miracles. That's going to be my next, my next one. You can't steal that one. <laughs> it, <laughs> And, and this had to take some time. This had to take some time to do. They, they had to dig and then, and then lower the bed. And, uh, you know, there's no technology at this time. So this had to take a minute. And, and the man gets lowered down, and, and Jesus likes their style. Jesus likes their style because 
That's what he did when he came down. He came down through your dirt, through your shame, through your sin, and he liked what they did. And what happens now, the, the guys are they're sitting around and, and they're waiting for the healing. And Jesus says, son, thy sins are forgiven thee. Son, thy sins are forgiven thee. And they're probably thinking at this point, well, well, that's good about the sins, but, but can you heal his legs too? That's why we carried him here. Can you heal his legs too? So because they did not bring the man before Jesus to be forgiven, they brought the man before Jesus to get him healed. So the question is, what do you do when God bypasses what you want to give you what you need? What do you do when Jesus bypasses what you want to give you what you don't need or for what you need? The most obvious thing to do is to heal the man. But, but sometimes before God can, can do what is obvious and change your situation, he wants to work within you so that when he does change your situation, you're ready to receive it. He said, before I do something for him, I want to do something in him. Before I do something for him, I want to do something in him. Amen. You know, I, I thank God today for, for, these four, for these four friends because the man might not have been able to believe, but they believed for him. They believed for him. And I wonder, who are your four today? Think about that. Who are your four? The wrong four would have dropped him at the door, but the right four put him at the feet of Jesus. Are they willing to bring you to Jesus, or are they driving you away? But, but to me, they're not the primary heroes in this passage. Because other than Jesus, the primary heroes here are the people who doubted him. The primary people here are, or the primary heroes are the people who doubted him. And you, you might be confused why I'm saying that, but stay with me, you'll see. And I, I want you to pay attention to this because it, it's going to change the way you see some of your resentments in life. When Jesus saw what the friends did, he forgave the man. But the man was still on the bed. The man was still on the bed, when he heard the thoughts of the critics, or what we might call today haters, what the haters thought got the man healed. What the haters thought got the man healed. What his, what his friends did got him forgiven, but what the haters thought got him healed. And, and I think we need to praise God today. I think we need to praise God for our haters. Did anybody ever doubt you? Did anybody ever walk away from you? Did anyone ever stop supporting you? Did anyone ever walk away from you when things got a little tight? I think somebody ought to praise God right now because sometimes God will use Judas before he uses Peter. 
He will use Judas before Peter. Come on, somebody. This, this is a messy message today. This is a messy message. This is a message for the people who are ready to thank God, not just for the blessings, not just for the blessings. He blesses me to feel good. This is for a message for your pain. I want to thank him for my heartbreak. I want to thank him for my disappointment. I thank him for my opposition. I thank him for my opposition. And that's the second door. That's the second door that we see in this passage, the door of opposition. One time, Paul, he said, I'm staying in Ephesus a little while. And the reason I'm staying in Ephesus is not because of the weather or because of the local cuisine. I'm staying because there is great and effective door of ministry that God has opened for me. And you know how I know that there's an open door? Because there are many who oppose me. The reason that I know that God is blessing is because the enemy is so busy and he wouldn't be so busy if God was not blessing me. Come on, one more time for today. Thank him for the conflict. Let's thank him again. Thank you for the conflict. Thank you for the confusion. Thank him, thank him, thank him, thank him for the loneliness. Thank him for the nose. Thank him for the wilderness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If there had been no haters, he wouldn't have gotten healed. If there had been no haters, he wouldn't have gotten healed. If there had been no weakness, you wouldn't have been strong. If there had been no resistance, you wouldn't be so resilient. The opposition proves the opportunity. I'm going to talk investment terms here. The, the really good investments you don't know about unless you have money. Really good investments you, you don't know about unless you have money. The investments that, that most of us can invest in are, are probably not the best investments. The best investments are reserved for people. And, and, now, and now this is about money. I'm, I'm talking about money, but, but I mean it about battles. And I mean it about trials. See, the biggest battles are reserved for the people that God has his hand on, that he put a deposit in, and you cannot be defeated because he opened the door. Nobody can shut it. So quit blaming your haters and write them a thank you note. Quit blaming your haters and, and write them a thank you note. And, and I think I'm actually going to get rid of the word haters, though, because we have to face it. Most of us don't have haters. We just have people that don't agree with us. We have people that don't, don't agree with us, and, and we label them haters. Okay, so your coach is not your hater because he won't play you right now. Your coach is a trainer. He's, he's teaching you that you're not quite ready for playing time yet. The reason you're not playing is because you're not a player yet. So thank your coach. He's not a hater. He's teaching you to be a player. So, so you need to thank that boss who was hard on you. My boss is a hater. No, you're just late. Your boss is not a hater because she expects you to be on time. Do I have any supervisors in here today? Any supervisors at all? So you, you, can, you know where I'm coming from. Your boss isn't a hater because you're late. We got to thank God for them because the opposition is the opportunity. Jesus uses 
the opposition to bring the man healing. Now, what is God using in your life right now that you're trying to get away from? You got to open the other door. God is trying to use your life right now, and you're trying to get away from it. You got to open the other door. This door, this door is called obedience. This is the door of obedience. First, the first door is disappointment. The second door is opposition. The third door is obedience. Answering the call, if you will. Obedience. It's the kind of obedience that has to trust God in an impossible situation. See, what the friends did got the man forgiven, but there was something that he had to do to get the healing. There was something that he had to do to be healed. Jesus said, but that ye may know that the Son of Man. It's not even about you. It's not about you. It's not about your dysfunction. It's not about your limitations. No, not anymore. This is bigger than you. So I want you to do what you can't do. I want you to do what you can't do. I want you to do what you've never been able to do. And the proof of my presence is going to be in enabling you to do something practical. To do something practical. Get up. Take that bed that they carried you in on and lowered you down on. What you came in on, you're going out with. But instead of it holding you, you'll be holding it. You'll be holding it. Somebody is still lying down on that bed today. You, you have resurrection power inside of you. It runs in your veins too. It's on the inside of you, but you have to walk it out. That, that man came in through the roof, but he left out the same door that they wouldn't let him in through. And, and I'm declaring today by the Spirit of God, if you will get up, you can get up. If you will forgive, you can forgive. I'm not saying the bed is going to go away. I'm not saying the bed is going to go away. I'm saying that you will not spend the rest of your life down on it, blaming others for the condition that you're in. So get up in front of all these people. Think about the courage that this demonstration required. This demonstration required courage from the man because, because the people that are watching this were not rooting for him. The people that were watching this were not rooting for the man. They, they didn't even like the fact that he interrupted the service, and Jesus thinks he can forgive him. So, so now he has to get up and walk in front of people that don't want him to. Now he has to get up and take his first steps. When most of us took our first steps, someone was there cheering us on. But, but he has to do it in the face of conflict he has to do it in the face of doubt. He has to do it in the face of critics. And I wonder today, in the face of adversity, in the face of weakness, in the face of everything that God has against your entire family, your whole life, life will get you up. Will you get up today? Will you get up today? Will you become a door when God wants to show people who he is? He picks somebody with an issue and he wants to show who he is through you. you got to open the other door. And this is the door of revelation. 
This is the door of revelation. The people weren't amazed when the roof came off. They were amazed when the man got up. They were not even amazed by Jesus' preaching. They were amazed when the man got up. They were amazed by the man's demonstration. There are, there are some of you that are about to become a door. I feel it in my spirit. There, there's, there's some of you that are about to become a door for people to see Jesus through your life. And here's who, here's who he's going to pick. And I'm coming to a close if the musicians want to come. You may stand today. Someone in here is about to become a door for people to see Jesus through your life. And he's going to pick people who were paralyzed and people who made a decision that I may not be able to get rid of my issue, but my issue is not keeping me from Jesus. My issue is not keeping me from Jesus. So you got to open the other door. And when, when you've done all that you can do and you've tried all that you know to try and, and self-help isn't helping and people have stopped believing in you a long time ago and truth be told, you've given up on yourself, but God called you. God called you to be like those four men and carry someone and put them at the feet of Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus is not your average preacher. Jesus is not your average preacher. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the resurrection. He is the good shepherd. He is the true vine. And in John chapter 10, verse 9, when he got ready to say who he was, he said, I am the door. I am the door. So if you want to come in, come on in. If you want to come in, come in. If religion locked you out, come on in. Come on in. If sin kept you out, come on in. I am the door. So if you want to come in, come on in. And because I am the door, nothing can come into your life without first going through me. And and, and he's allowed some things in your life that you don't like right now, but don't let them paralyze you another day. Because all he's asking you to do is walk through the door. That's all he's asking you to do. He's not asking you to be perfect, but he does expect progress. I am the door. Your ex-husband is not the door. Your dad who wasn't there for you is not the door. Your own opinion of yourself is not the door. I am the door. Jesus is the door. And when he opens a door in your life, no mistake, no sickness, no situation, even if they roll a stone and seal the tomb on Friday, I am the door. And when I speak the resurrection power, come on, somebody, praise him right now in this house. Let's give him some praise right now because praise is a door. Praise is a door. You got to open that door. Don't miss this moment because praise is the door. You might be blocked out and it might look like disappointment, but don't let that kill you today. You might have critics that are your opposition, but don't let them stop you. 
You might have a command that looks like something you can't do, but it looks like obedience. It looks like Jesus. It looks like revelation. This is your door. This is your door. I know it didn't work out the way that you planned. It's okay to be disappointed, but don't die in your disappointment. Open the other door. That door might not be what you expected it to be. It might not be who you expected it to be or when you expected it or how you expected it, but you got to open the other door. What God has opened, no man can shut. And if you're ready to enter into that door today, I want you to get out of that seat and I want you to come to the front of this church. Don't worry about your disappointments. Don't worry about the critics. Be obedient to God's call on your life. Because when you're obedient to God's call on your life, when you answer that call, you will be a revelation of Jesus. You will be a revelation of Jesus. Do you want to be a revelation of Jesus in somebody's life today? Come open that door, church.